to me, podcasting is like this, this wonderful blank slate where no one is going to interrupt you um, when you start talking about something you love. And chances are, whatever you love, other people love it too. And they're going to want to know what you have to share about it. Welcome to Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for and by podcasters. We interview podcasters for the real scoop on podcasting. Whether you're thinking about starting a podcast or have been podcasting for years, you'll find lots of inspiration, valuable lessons, and tips in our interviews. This podcast is brought to you by Podbean. Please visit podbean.com, the home for podcasters. Welcome to the eighth episode of Podcasting Smarter. I am your host, Jennifer Crawford, and today, Beth Bilo is here to help us get out of our heads and into being smarter podcasters. Beth is the host of the Introvert Entrepreneur podcast, where she helps introverts amplify their strengths so they can become better leaders and entrepreneurs. She is also a business coach, author, blogger, and a professional speaker. Wowzer. Thanks for joining us on Podcasting Smarter, Beth. Thank you so much, Jennifer. I'm excited to be here. I am equally excited to have you. I am a introvert, so Yay. I am fascinated by <laughs> your podcast and everything that you talk about. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm a fan. Um, I would love to know your podcasting story. How and why did you start podcasting? Well, the story goes all the way back to around, I, I guess, maybe April or May of 2010. And that is when I actually founded The Introvert Entrepreneur. And I had a friend who had a friend who was starting an online, basically like an online radio network. And it had an interesting business model where it was pay per download. So she wanted really high quality um, business content and for people to have an exchange of value. And I thought, yeah, I, I support that. You know, I think that's a great idea and let's give it a try. I know that it's against the grain of free content, but um, but I thought, let's, let's just give it a go. And I had never done a podcast or a radio show or anything like that before. I had been interviewed, but not ever um, produced anything myself. So I said, sure, let's, let's do it. And we did about three or four, maybe five episodes. And the downloads were really low, you know, because people are used to free, right? And, um, but I found that I was really, really enjoying it. I was enjoying both the, um, the process of putting together a show that I did by myself, you know, so, you know, creating the content and, and just sharing it as a solo show, as well as um, I decided very pretty much immediately that I wanted to have an interview format. So as an introvert, having that hook to reach out to other people that I might otherwise not have felt like I could reach out to. Um, and maybe that's not just even an introvert thing. It might just be a, a human thing. <laughs> um, but it was really helpful to be able to have that to offer and then to be able to reach out to, I started out with colleagues um, and say, Hey, you know, can I interview for this show? And it's, you know, you help me, I help you. And it's, it's a great thing. So I, um, I just really enjoyed that particular process. And once I realized that the, um, the pay per download format wasn't really going to, to take off, but I really enjoyed doing the podcast. Of course, I, I severed that relationship and then, 
um, went to iTunes and said, okay, so how do I do this? And um, put my show up on iTunes and I'm 125 episodes into it and um, have enjoyed it all, all the way around. So um, I'm so glad that I made that leap to uh, taking it to the, the podcasting realm as opposed to the online radio kind of, uh, you know, vein. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's how it got started. So it was a little bit, um, a little bit accidental, <laughs> but, but also also very um, uh, intentional after I discovered how much fun it was. I enjoy people's podcasting origin stories because whenever they tell them, there seems to be an excitement and a joy in their voices, <laughs> yeah. and you are no exception. I can <laughs> I can feel that and hear that in your voice, and that just makes me smile. So oh, I love excellent. that. <laughs> so you know, being an entrepreneur. Um, being an introvert and an entrepreneur yourself, do you find that uh, podcasting is a medium where introverts can thrive? I do. I believe that it's a fab, you know, it's a fantastic platform for introverts because, you know, you, you have a lot of flexibility with the kind of show that you do. And so, you know, I've chosen to do kind of a hybrid of the occasional solo show with interviews. And like I said, in telling the podcast story, it gives me this, um, Number one, it gives me an outlet of expression that I have complete control over. And I can do it solitary. I can bring other people into it if I want to. So I just have this sense of freedom and control that really fits with my own introvert personality. And I think it fits with a lot of other introvert personalities. Um, you know, you picture the, the per like right now I'm, I'm actually working from home today. So I'm, I'm just in, you know, my living room, um, you know, still in my jammies actually. <laughs> And so that's, there's, there's a, a freedom to being able to share your message, communicate with a lot of people, but, um, but be able to have your energy just projected in a very contained and controlled way, as opposed to where other people might find like getting up in front of a group of people live to be much more draining. This is much more energy giving because it's just like a one on one conversation, um, which introverts are typically very comfortable with and, and are good at. And I think also if you if you're drawn to doing a, an interview based show, the other thing introverts are often really comfortable with are those one on one conversations and asking really good questions and being curious and being really good listeners. And those, you know, I've found that I've probably become a better listener and a better question asker through the process of doing all of these episodes. So it's it's been a great way for me to hone my own skills um, and to and to stretch my my comfort zone a little bit in terms of reaching out to other people that I want to interview and and interviewing people that I admire and people I have you know who are complete strangers and the whole gamut. Um, I, I, I attended podcast movement uh, earlier this summer and um, one woman that I, I did a couple of interviews with other introvert podcasters and did a show on that. And one woman said she felt like it made her better at small talk because of doing that interview format. And I have to say, I, I totally agree with that. Um, the podcast isn't about small talk. You know, it's about deeper conversations. But you learn to trust yourself to carry on a conversation with someone that, you, that you've never met and that maybe you don't know anything about what they do except um, what they show to the world. So, uh, so I feel like it's, it's helped with those kinds of conversational skills in real life as well. Oh, wow. I, I like what you said about how introverts 
are good with one-on-one conversations sort of naturally and they have good listening skills. So it almost sounds like if you're an introvert, you may have some built-in qualities that make you a good podcaster or will give you an edge over right. maybe an extroverted podcaster. Yeah, I think so. I think so. We're, I think, yeah, I think we're, we're good at, at all of those things. And those are things that are absolutely essential in creating good content on a podcast. Yeah, that, that gives you a lot to think about. Because I think some introverts might not think about podcasting, but maybe if they are thinking about it, this will give them that extra motivation <laughs> yeah, to, try to, try. Yeah, <laughs> to try it. I know it seems counterintuitive, doesn't it? Because it's about talking. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's about talking and listening um, in equal measure. And, uh, and, you know, the thing with introverts is if you get them on a topic that they are passionate about, they can talk your ear off. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. They have the forum. And so to me, podcasting is like this, this wonderful blank slate where no one is going to interrupt you um, when you start talking about something you love. And chances are, whatever you love, other people love it too. And they're going to want to know what you have to share about it. You can find all your people without having to be <laughs> in a big room with them. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, 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 love it. Um, So I was going to ask you, you started the podcast following founding your business, Mm -hmm. The Introvert Entrepreneur. So I'm always very curious about that relationship between a business and a a related podcast, how they work together. um, If you see a a definite return on investment Mm -hmm. with having a podcast that complements your business. What is that? How does that all work for you? I absolutely see a return on investment and I don't have advertisers or or sponsors on my podcast at this point. Um, But because it's connected to my business, it has absolutely been a huge lead generator for coaching clients. And that's not something, oddly enough, I think I was just having so much fun in the beginning. I didn't think about you know, how is this strategically going to connect to my business, except that I, I know it will in some way. And I was curious about what impact is it going to have? And so it has absolutely led to new clients. Um, frequently, when I'm doing an introductory session, someone will say, I've been listening to your podcast for a while. And I think podcasting, just as I think it's a great platform for introverts, I also think it's a marvelous platform for um, coaches and consultants and anyone else that has a rather personal relationship with their clients and they're trying to um, create long-term relationships because there's an intimacy to podcasting that they're, that you don't get when you're blogging or on social media um, because people have your, your voice in their ears. Um, they, they hear you laugh. They hear you um, mess up. You know, they get mm-hmm. to know your personality. And so by the time they talk to me, they feel like they already know me. And, and so that has been a really powerful piece. And then the other place where there's been a huge return on investment is um, my status as an author. Um, like I was saying, the podcast, because I do an interview format, has been this fantastic hook to be able to contact people who are both um, peers as well as people that I you know admire and that I feel like are light years ahead of me. And um, 
And so when I was putting together my book, it helped on two levels. One, I had a lot of rich content that I could pull on from those interviews to help me flesh out, you know, examples in the book and stories and quotes and and information. And so I got to feel very um, generous, I guess, because I was able to um, not only spotlight those people that I interviewed in the podcast, but also in the book. And that, you know, I think is good for everybody um, to be able to be able to promote them while I'm still also offering information that pertains to my business. And then I know that, oh, I'm sorry, you were going to say something. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm going to squeeze in. She's like, I'm going to say something. Um, We have to edit those big breaths out of the podcast every week. It's all good. good. And then an extension of the, the book content is also just getting a book deal. So I I had this, you know, I'd always had this very strong feeling that the book would be traditionally published. And when I, when we were putting together the book proposal and pitching to publishers, we knew that the podcast was going to be a powerful piece of the platform because it organically and inherently created this circle of champions of people that I had collaborated with and and had given back to. And so when it was time for me to, uh, you know, be promoting the book and, and getting it out there and spreading the word, those were people I could call on and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm doing this and, and uh, you're in it. Or, you know, it's it's been um, something that might, you know, be supportive of your clients and your work as well. So it really helped to build that champion circle, which was very attractive to the publisher. So I often think, you know, I don't, I'd I'd like to think that I would have a book without a podcast, but I know that my podcast was a huge piece of number one, being able to write the book and have it be as, have as many diverse perspectives as it has, as well as being attractive to a publisher. I think, you know, something that you said within that, um, that's really smart that I think a lot of podcasters might not think about are the ways to transform your audio content. Mm-hmm. You know, you have so you've created something already and you know, you can turn that into a book or a, a successful blog. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that a lot of people entertain that idea, but that's super smart. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And yeah, yeah, it's um, multi-purposing your content. And and of course, if you have interviews and whatnot, you you get permission. And but most people, I don't think I encountered anyone who said no. You can't use what we said. Um, if anything, they're they're excited to have their work go into another medium, and may per- perhaps reach a new audience. Yeah. Sure. Well, who who will have a problem with that? <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I I can't imagine. It's interesting. I, I agree with you that I think it's uh, podcasting is an incredible way for businesses and brands to complement what they're doing and offer more to their audiences and potential customers. I'm just wondering how long before we see McDonald's have a podcast, <laughs> you know, some of the bigger corporate entities. Maybe it's happening and I just I don't did, know. You know, I did see something recently that said more and more celebrities and quote unquote brands okay. are, are moving into the podcast space. So I think um, I do think that the landscape is going to be shifting, and those of us who are perhaps the the smaller fish in the pond, um, we're going to have some some competition, I guess. Or actually, I don't like to think of it as competition, but they're going to raise the bar, and mm-hmm. and we're really going to have to be thinking about how can we um, continue to create value, um, and 
and have our own have our own voice still be really strong in the face of those larger corporations that perhaps have you know potentially millions of dollars to be able to produce um, you know attract high high um, profile guests and then promote the heck out of it <laughs> um, you know it's it is something I think that we need to be aware of. Yeah, well, that brings to mind when you have a podcast that complements a business, you still have to be entertaining, right? Mm-hmm. You have you yeah. have to even if people are interested in the subject, if you if you don't, along with that value, bring some sort of entertainment or you're keeping them engaged, they you might lose them. So, do you feel that pressure? And and how do you make sure that your podcast has got some entertainment value? Mm. That's funny because I hadn't. We're all into honesty here, right? Because yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I've thought about that entertainment factor. Um, I have thought about making sure that it doesn't sound like a thirty-minute sales pitch, mm-hmm. which I think perhaps is a back back-end way of of making sure that it's always providing. Ins- I think I think of inspiration. That's I think of inspiration more than I think of entertainment. I want someone sure. to come away really inspired by at least one thing they've heard. Um, I don't expect them to agree or you know, enjoy every single second of it. But I really do hope that they feel like it was worth their time. And um, I think, you know, I think that's one reason maybe I've shied a little bit away from the, the advertising and sponsors, because I just mm-hmm. want to make sure it's pure content. And I, while I said it was a great lead generator for my coaching, I rarely talk about coaching. And I rarely say, hey, I'm a coach, and you want to talk to me, then here's how. Um, it's a very sort of passive and gentle um you know, if you want to learn more about my coaching, speaking and training services, you can go to my website. So, I, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't have that kind of call to action and mm-hmm. consistent reminder of what I do. But at the same time, I'm, I'm also very conscious that it is not just one big commercial. And I think that makes a difference. I think it does. And I think that consciousness is all part of putting out a, a product that is entertaining. And having mm-hmm. listened to your podcast, I will say that I found it entertaining in the sense that I think you are a really good storyteller. Oh, thank you. And, and you <laughs> present you present things in a way that it's very interesting and keeps you interested in what you're talking about. And your your voice is just very pleasant to listen oh, thank to you. as well, <laughs> which I know that's kind of something you're born with, maybe, but I, but maybe not. Um, so anyway, I think it, I think your podcast is entertaining personally, even if you haven't tried that much to make it so. <laughs> well, that is excellent feedback. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Gosh. Now, do you ever, particularly being an entrepreneur, do you ever lose steam or passion for your show? And how do you keep your, your or your own motivation going. Yeah, I, you know, I, it's been six years, 125 episodes, um, you know, and so it's been, a, it's been a long time and I've been more or less consistent over that period of time. And I would say, I think it's only been maybe in the past six months where I've felt a little bit of an energy dip. And that's one reason I went to podcast movement um, because I felt like I had never been to any sort of podcast. I had never been to a gathering of podcasters or to something that was just focused on podcasting as a as a platform. And um, I definitely would say I got an injection of, of energy there. So, so I can't, I will say, yeah, sometimes there's a little bit of a dip of, um, you know, feeling sometimes it's overwhelm. Um, as the podcast has gotten more popular, I've gotten more and more queries of people who want to be interviewed on the show. And, um, and sometimes just the volume of dealing with that can get 
it, it sounds kind of weird that you would think that that would be energizing, but I think maybe it's my introversion where I just get a little bit overwhelmed by it and, um, and then get stuck because there's almost too much, too many choices, you know, too much to look into. Um, so doing something like podcast movement was, um, was, was energizing. And it's, um, I think over the next year or two, I'll start to be, you know, incorporating some of those pieces that I picked up at the conference and, and since then. Um, but I do think, you know, I, I think it's part of the normal ebb and flow of doing anything that, you're doing over time that you're trying to be consistent about and that, um, that you care about you, you're not always just going to settle. And so that means every once in a while, you're probably going to get a little restless. And, and I think that's what's, you know, I'm, I guess I'm getting a six year itch <laughs> of, of saying, Hmm, you know, what's, what's next and trying to figure that out. Yeah. I think that's probably, probably natural and to yeah. be ex- expected. And it's interesting. I, I think booking guests is a pain point for a lot of podcasters. Mm-hmm. It does take a lot of time to find guests, research guests, book them, reschedule them when they need to cancel. Exactly. So do you use any kind of productivity tools to help you with any of that? Well, um, you know, the the whole vetting of guests is just done manually. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of scheduling them, I love Time Trade, oh. um, which is an online scheduling tool. So I have a specific link that shows my podcast interview availability. And I send them that link and they pick a time and it gives me all the information. You know, they fill out certain information. It gives me everything I need. So we have it on the calendar. And if they need to reschedule, like you said, the inevitable, oops, I double booked uh-huh. or something. Um, it's easy for them to do that. They just go in and click a link and pick another time. Um, so I love I, that has transformed both my coaching and my podcasting and anything else where I need to schedule time with someone. And um, and then, you know, in terms of saving me just a little bit of legwork, I have an online form that's just on my website that's password protected that I have guests fill out that gives me their bio, their social media links, um, their book links, if they have a book, and as well as, you know, is there anything in particular that you're excited about or promoting right now that you want to make sure gets mentioned in the podcast in some way? So that now saves you're- me a little legwork. Yeah, yeah, that, that's really smart. Now, your online form, is that a WordPress plugin or is that something you had custom made for your site? No, it's a WordPress plugin. I use Formidable. Formidable, okay. Yeah, yeah. so so those are the, the main things. And then, um, you know, and I, I made the, uh, <laughs> I can say, very smart decision because I think before that I was very dumb in that <laughs> I did it for years from start to finish all by myself. And um, a couple of years ago, I finally made the leap to... Um, hiring a podcast producer. So I work with someone he's, I'm in Tacoma, Washington. He's in Bloomington, Indiana. And um, I send him my interview files. He cleans them up. I send him my intro and exit. He puts them on there, adds the music, makes it all sound fantastic. And then gives me the file back a few hours later. So it's saved me a tremendous amount of time and energy and has made the whole thing a lot easier to be able to outsource that particular piece to someone I trust. And I shouldn't say that it was dumb before to do it from start to finish myself. Because what the benefit of that was, is I learned how to do all of those things. Um, I and, and in a pinch, I can do it myself. Um, I was kind of feeling, number one, I had more time at that point in my business. And number two, I was feeling my inner geek coming out like, oh, I need to learn Audacity and all of these different tools to, to make it sound good. And um, so I'm grateful, actually, that I did that. But I do feel a little bit of um, 
regret, I guess, that I didn't um, reach out for outside help sooner because I probably could have saved myself a lot of time. One thing I was curious about, and I'm not sure if you'd be comfortable discussing this, but is the cost of outsourcing, like hiring somebody to produce your podcast? Because I think a lot of people don't even look into it because they, they see dollar signs and then get, get scared. And that's exactly what stalled me for quite some time. It was, it was money and it was control issues. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, so yeah, the, the money really was in the way there. And uh, so what I ended up doing was going on to Odesk. At least it was called Odesk at the time. Now I think it's eWork or Upwork or something, you know, one of these uh, larger freelancer pools right. of people. And I thought, let's just start there. So I um, put out a proposal, got some um, responses, chose, I think, maybe four different audio folks to, um, I never know quite what to call them, because I think they each call themselves something slightly differently, <laughs> but um, <laughs> an audio person, and uh, had them each do an episode, just to see, you know, how it, how it went, and eventually picked one person, and we've since moved off the platform and, and have the relationship on our own. Um, but that was a good, it, that felt like a very safe way to get started, because I knew before I even hired them, without any obligation, like what the fee was going to be. It was very transparent. I could test their work before hiring them. And, uh, and so that, that seemed to work out really well. And I, you know, all told between, um, the podcast producer and, um, I do have someone who transcribes, I shouldn't say transcribes, does podcast show notes for me. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, I'm probably spending around 300 a month maybe on the podcast. Okay. And which, you know, it's to me, it's not that bad considering that I do get that return on, you know, lead generation of clients and and whatnot. So, yeah. And, you know, if you're serious about podcasting, I think you have to come to terms with like anything else. It it is going to take some not just investment of time, but it is going to take some resources, yeah. uh, financial resources to make your show what you want it to be. And like you said, if if spending that money a month means you can keep producing your show mm-hmm. and getting that return on investment that you're seeing for your business, then it would be silly not to. Yeah. And especially if you have a business where, it, you know, you on some level, you're trading time for money. You have to think, am I the world's best paid podcast producer, (laughs) if I'm doing it myself, right? Um, because it's often, as with most things, and and this is the coach in me coming out, we make so many assumptions about stuff that we really don't know, and it stops us. And so there's really no harm in just finding out, you know, putting out some feelers and finding out how much it costs, because often it costs less than you think it will, um, or it's more reasonable than you think it's going to be, or you realize, wow, if I do this, yes, I pay somebody a few hundred dollars, but in return, you know, I free up five hours of my time and that's time I could be spent working with clients or getting new business. So very you, good point. You've got to look at that whole big picture. Yeah, that's a, a super good point. Now, I'm wondering, do you have any um, future plans for your show that you're excited about? Oh, I, I think I'm, I'm, that's still in progress. Um, you know, as I mentioned, I went to the podcast movement and there was so much there. And I wasn't able, of course, to attend all of the sessions. So I have recordings of them. So what I'm excited about, I guess, is being able to go back to those um, sessions that I missed 
and feel some, you know, get, have some energy generated around some of the ideas that are there. And, um, and I guess what I'm excited about is this idea that I'm not attached to the way the show has been for the past six years. Hmm. Um, that it's, yes, I want to maintain some consistency and the essence, I think that's the thing, like find out what is the essence of the show and how can it evolve in such a way that, that preserves and enhances that essence while still exploring some new territory. So I'm excited about the future, but I don't know what the future is yet. So, um, so that's kind of the best I can, uh, <laughs> I can answer that yeah. particular question. Now, do you, do you find inspiration from your audience? How is the engagement with your audience? The engagement, I'm still kind of working on that. You know, it's, mm-hmm. um, it's an audience of introverts. <laughs> we're all hiding we're all hiding and lurking and you know we we will give feedback you know sometimes in a in a different way than you might expect um but so far you know i'm pleased with you know i i do hear from people and hear when they like an episode i hear when they don't like an episode um you know or if there's something that's off about a guest that i interview um you know that's one thing i would say about a challenge as you grow and as you again, you know, are receiving more requests and queries to make sure that you're always staying true to the essence and staying true to the brand. Um, Because if you veer off of that, people will call you on it. (laughs) You know, they'll hear it and they'll say, oh, that didn't seem like you or that didn't seem like what I'm used to hearing. Um, So I appreciate that kind of engagement where there's just a little bit of, you know, somebody saying, hmm, that didn't seem quite right. Um, And I love it when people say, yeah, that was great. And I really got a lot out of that. So um, so that's, you know, that feedback loop. Um, yeah. I'm still trying to figure out how to uh, have more of it. Um, mm-hmm. So, but what I get is really helpful. Yeah, that's. I think it's a challenge for a lot of a lot of podcasters that that finding that secret sauce to the engagement. And I know the criticism can be hard, but in terms of like the criticism that you just mentioned that yet you got it, it really shows that your audience cares. Exactly. They're invested. So that's good. Yeah. They're invested. They, they have a certain expectation you have. And to me, it shows that I had built a certain, um, uh, culture of the podcast, I guess, you know, and, and if it deviates from that, then to have somebody reflect that back to me, um, is really helpful, especially if I felt in my gut that hmm, something about that was a little off, but, um, but because I know that it's, you know, it's never going to be perfect and it's, and it's okay to kind of experiment and have something that might feel a little off just to see what happens. It was good to get that reflected back to me because then that makes me go, okay, that confirms, listen to my gut on things like that. It's good intelligence. Mm-hmm. Yes, Absolutely. Now, I know uh, you got a lot out of podcast movement, and if uh, somebody listening doesn't know what podcast movement oh, is, it yes. is the largest <laughs> podcasting conference that happens annually in various locations. Next year, it's going to be in Anaheim. So I was wondering what advice you could give introverted podcasters mm. on how they can network in the podcast community without wanting to crawl into a cave. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I wanted to do occasionally while I was there. Me too. Um, yeah. Um, well, what helped, I, I can speak to what helped me. And um, number one, it's to remember that everybody's there 
for the same purpose, and that's to learn and to connect and to meet other people. So to to recognize to, to just kind of relax into that, mm-hmm. um, and also to remove pressure. Like I didn't try to like, oh, I need to meet all these people. I need to stop. I I I'm sorry, Podbean, but I did not stop by almost any exhibit. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was like one step too far for me. You know, it was right. like, I would rather find out who was there, take a look at the collateral that maybe was shared. And, and I did, you know, talk to one or two um, booths, but uh, that was one way I took care of myself um, was just to say, I will take in who's here and then I will do a little research on my own time and then reach out if there's anything in particular I, I'm interested in. And again, because then I can say, I see you were at podcast movement. So was I, I didn't get a chance to stop by your booth, but you know, I'm curious about what you have to offer. So, so that was one way that I um, sort of paced myself and, and it was also helpful. I, I, um, and I think if you've been in that podcasting space just long enough, you know, you probably have a couple of favorite podcasts or podcasters that you're interested in meeting and maybe focus on just making a couple of those kinds of connections. Um, and, and to, you know, set an intention for the event. And for me, it was just, I just want to be there. I just want to take in what I can, um, you know, learn and, uh, you know, maybe hopefully pick up a little bit of inspiration here and there, get some reality checks <laughs> because podcasting can be a rather isolated activity. Um, it's kind of hard to know what's going on out there with everybody else. And, um, and so just to, you know, just set that intention of, you know, I'm just here to kind of take it in. I'm not going to, try to be the the bell of the ball or the the person that you know meets everybody else um i just want to you know if i if i make a personal connection with a few people that i have connected with through their podcast then that feels successful so i i i think that that was a little bit of a muddled answer but it's it's kind of you know just to pace yourself take care of yourself you don't have to do everything there's as soon as you feel like there's a should like I should be stopping by exhibitors or I should be introducing myself to somebody new. Um, you know, the shoulds are usually a, a sign that, yeah, you're, you're making an assumption and just to kind of check in with that and say, do I really want to? And if you do, then do it. But if you don't, then that means your energy is probably best spent someplace else. Oh, I love that. Should is one of my least favorite words <laughs> exactly. in the English dictionary. It should be banned, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I try to catch myself if I ever, you know, say you should do something to exactly. myself or anyone else. I, I try to just rephrase that or rethink that whole yeah. line. <laughs> and, and that's something that can be very powerful and come up when you're paying good money to go to a conference and you're spending time. The shoulds can really rear their ugly head. And, and so that's why I say it's important to have that intention and just decide what am I really here for and and to embrace what that is and to recognize it's going to be different what other people than what other people are there for. Um, I wasn't there to, you know, be as, like I said, you know, a social butterfly. I was there to learn. And, and so that's what I focused on. I think all of that advice takes a lot of pressure, allows you to take pressure off yourself. And, and if you do that, you'll not only will you accomplish a lot, but you're going to enjoy yourself while you're there. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so I have a couple of fun questions that I don't send to my Uh-oh. interviewees ahead of time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the pressure's on now. Yes, uh, I feel it. Okay. <laughs> okay, so the first one is, if you could choose anyone, living or dead, to have a podcast, who would you like to see have one? 
Oh my goodness. This will take me just a second to think about. That's okay. This <laughs> the, the just, tension is um, is palpable. very good, palpable and and <laughs> palpable. interesting. Yes, someone who doesn't already have one, living or dead. Oh gosh, um, I'm looking at my bookshelf for inspiration. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good place to look. It is, especially for us reading loving introverts. Oh, I'm trying to think. Oh, um, Carl Jung. Great one. We haven't had that one yet. So yes, what a great podcast that would be. That would be amazing. I mean, that would definitely be in the top 10 of iTunes, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, and and his his writing is a little bit more dense for the lay person. And I often find that somebody whose writing is dense, often if I hear them speak, I find I follow and understand a lot sure. more. So I, I have a feeling he might be one of those folks. <laughs> Good answer. All right. So the next one is more about you. If there was a podcast about your life, what would it be called? Oh, <laughs> oh it would be called napping. No. <laughs> <laughs> The art of napping. The art <laughs> no. of napping I would listen to. Yeah, exactly. There should be one called The Art of Napping. I think you could find lots of uh, interesting content. I'm um, telling you, everybody that answers this question comes up with something that, with a great title for a podcast and a uh, great premise for a podcast. And so there's going to be this whole birth of podcasts that comes out of this question. <laughs> I can only hope. I yeah. can only hope. You, yeah. yeah, if you ever have a chance to go back and listen to all the episodes, this question's in every one of them, and we have some great answers. Yeah, yeah. And so okay, I, so for some... I, I would oh, have to think about it some more, but that's my first answer. <laughs> the first answer is always the best answer. Okay, there you go. <laughs> the art of napping is amazing. <laughs> there is an art to it. There is. Um, For someone discovering your show for the first time, what episode would you point them to as a good starter episode to get them hooked on your show? Oh, I I think um, I'm thinking of an episode I did fairly recently with a gentleman that I met at a conference that I spoke at. And it's with um, his name is Fred Mandel. And he used to be an accountant and is now a an artist. And so he made this, or I shouldn't say accountant, he's a financial advisor. So he's very much in that corporate suit and tie type of world. And now he is an artist and he leads workshops that leave accountants crying, you know, so it's it's pretty amazing. Wow. And so so that, I believe that's episode 119. And I think it's called like the intersection of art and business. And he's an introvert himself, but um, I just, I loved his his creativity, his perspective on things, and that his his journey has been so interesting because I hear so many people who, who say, I want to do something that other people say, oh, you'll never make money at that or you can't do that. And he has done it. And so I, I love that conversation. What an interesting story. I'm definitely going to listen to that episode myself. Now, uh, let everyone know how they can find you and the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. You can go to my website, which is theintrovertentrepreneur.com. And of course, there's the link to the, the podcast there. You can find it on iTunes as well, just by you know searching for The Introvert Entrepreneur or my name. Um, and you'll also come up with other podcasts that I've been a guest on, which has been also a lot of fun. And another benefit, I think, of being a podcaster is that opportunity to talk to other podcasters on their shows. Um, 
So those are the, the best places to find me. Awesome. Yeah. And obviously, I discovered you on Podbean. So, yeah, so exactly. glad Podbean. you're there. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm so- <laughs> Of course, Podbean, of, of course. course. Yes, I have yes, to throw I, that so, in. <laughs> I know, I know. And I've been with Podbean since the beginning. And um, oh, wow. I've really appreciated it as a platform. And it's uh, just been um, a really good host. So thank you for all you do. Oh, well, thank you so much for producing such a great show. And thank you for sharing your wisdom and making everyone listening a little bit smarter podcasting. Pod, a little bit smarter with their podcasts. <laughs> that didn't <laughs> quite come out very smoothly. It's all good. Thanks, oh, well. Thank, thank you so much. Thanks, Beth. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for Podcasting Smarter. You can check our show notes at podcast.podbean.com for links and details. Please like our podcast, leave your comments, and help us spread the word to other podcasters so we can bring you more great episodes with podcasting tips and inspiration from fellow podcasters. If you want to connect with other podcasters or get interviewed on this podcast, please join our Podcasting Smarter Facebook group. We look forward to welcoming you to the community. Happy podcasting!